Hello and welcome to this episode of By His Word. I am your host and teacher, Candy Carmichael. For the past several weeks, we have been discussing eternity, past, present, and future. We concluded the previous session with the midpoint of the tribulation, a seven-year period that follows the rapture of the church to heaven. All unbelievers, and especially the Jewish people who have not yet recognized Jesus as the Messiah, are left behind on the earth to experience the most terrifying time in earth's history. During the tribulation, God reverts to counting time by using the Jewish calendar of months that equal 30 days in each month. The first 42 months that follows the rapture sees the rise of the Antichrist, also known as the Beast. He is both a man and a system of global control that grows during this time until he is fully established by the midpoint of the tribulation. There is a massive reduction in population during this time through wars, famines, pestilence, unrestrained murder and evil, and growing persecution of those who refuse to submit to the Antichrist rule. But it is also a time when two witnesses appear in Jerusalem to oversee the building of the Third Temple. Most prophecy scholars believe that these two men are Enoch and Elijah. There are several reasons for this. First, both men were Old Testament prophets. According to Revelation 11.10, the people on earth rejoiced and sent gifts to each other when the two prophets who tormented them were killed by the Antichrist. Second, neither of these men had died physically on the earth. Both were supernaturally transported to heaven in the flesh. Hebrews 9.27 says that it is appointed once to man to die. So it is unlikely that God would send someone to earth again in a fleshly body to be killed and experienced death for a second time. Third, these prophets were given special power to smite the earth with judgments during this time. Elijah had done this while he was on the earth, and Revelation 11.5 states that fire would consume anyone trying to harm these prophets before their assignment was done. Fourth, Revelation 11.3 and 6 states that these men had the power to shut up the heavens so that no rain would fall. Elijah had closed the heavens for 42 months when he was on earth. Fifth, Enoch spoke of the Lord returning according to Jude 14 and 15. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Finally, Malachi prophesied that Elijah would return. Behold, I will send to you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Malachi 4, verse 5. Jesus himself prophesied this when the, when the scribes said that Elijah would come. Indeed, Elijah is coming first and restores all things. Mark 9, 12a. Jesus also was referring to John the Baptist who came in the spirit and power of Elijah. But the actual prophet himself comes as one of the two witnesses to oversee the temple construction. We also have discussed the 144,000 witnesses who are on the earth during the first half of the tribulation. They are young Jewish men who are virgins and are sealed with the seal of God, 12,000 from each tribe. They will be witnesses all over the world, especially to their Jewish brethren, that Jesus is the Messiah. They are supernaturally protected until the midpoint of the tribulation. It is unclear whether they are raptured at this point or whether they were martyred on earth, but they appear in heaven in Revelation 14.1. After the Antichrist slays the two witnesses at the midpoint 
their bodies lie in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days. Suddenly they are restored to life and raptured to heaven in front of everyone. A great earthquake strikes Jerusalem. 7,000 people die in the quake, and one-tenth of the city is destroyed. Up until this point, there have been multitudes who have died for Christ by refusing to submit to the Antichrist system. After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Revelation 7, verse 9. But now the Antichrist is fully in control, having established his headquarters in the temple in Jerusalem, and having vanquished his enemies. At this point, the seventh angel sounds, and he announces that the kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of Christ, Revelation 11:15. Those who are in heaven fall on their faces to worship God, and the temple in heaven is opened. Revelation 11:18 says that the time of judgment has arrived. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come in the time of the dead as that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Revelation 11.18 There are two distinct judgments here. The first is the judgment of those in heaven, also known as the Bema judgment. It is not a judgment for salvation, but it is one that determines the level of reward that the believer receives for his work on earth for the Lord. The second judgment is known as the great white throne judgment, which is at the end of the tribulation when the unrighteous dead are resurrected and judged. This will be discussed later. At this midpoint, a great symbolic event, as described in chapter 12 of Revelation, occurs. Now a great sign appears in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of twelve stars, then being with child who cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God in his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1260 days. Revelation 12, 1-6. In this passage, the woman represents Israel, who gives birth to the Christ child. The dragon represents Satan, who has continually tried to destroy Israel, and especially the child who would become the savior of the world. The seven heads on the dragon represent the seven major world empires that have had an impact on the Jews and the nation of Israel. These empires are Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and the seventh empire that rules during the first half of the tribulation. We don't know for sure yet what this entity will be, but it gives rise to the eighth and final kingdom of the Antichrist in the last half of the tribulation. Jesus, of course, was protect, protected throughout his life until he laid it down voluntarily at Calvary. He is in heaven interceding and advocating for us, the bride, who is his church, until the day of the rapture. It is at this midpoint of the seven years when the Antichrist sets himself up in the temple that the Jews realize that he is not their friend and protector. This is when the remnant of Jews that have not been killed up until this point flee into the wilderness, most likely Petra in Jordan, where they will be supernaturally protected by God for the remainder of the tribulation. 
Up until this time, Satan has had access to heaven as a son of God, but now this privilege is permanently revoked. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Revelation 12, 7-9. For the second time in his existence, Satan was slammed to the earth, utterly rejected by God. Though he has been the prince of the power of the air, he is now on the earth, in person, full of hatred and revenge toward God and his creation. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath, because he knows that he has only a short time. Revelation 12.12 Why did the inhabitants of heaven rejoice at the downfall of Satan? Whether newly martyred or a believer who had to endure the temptations and harassment of Satan during a lifetime in any of the ages on earth, it was a glorious defeat. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdoms of our God and the power of Christ are come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Revelation 12, 10 and 11. Satan loves to throw accusations and condemnation at God's children, even when he knows that they have been forgiven and everything is under the blood of Jesus. Never allow the devil to bring up your past that has been obliterated by Jesus Christ. If he does, just remind Satan of his future. There has always been a debate about whether the church is on earth or in heaven during the tribulation. I personally believe that the church escapes this horrible time because there is no mention of the church from Revelation 4 until Revelation 19 when the saints come back with Jesus at the Battle of Armageddon. Also, there are numerous references in Revelation to the church worshiping around the throne and also receiving rewards during this time. The Bible also says that we are to pray to be counted worthy to escape what is coming on the earth. When Jesus spoke these words in Luke 21:36, he knew that it was not that he was not referring to the unbelievers or to the Jewish people on earth during the tribulation. So obviously, there had to be a group who would literally be removed from the earth before that time. Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church that we are not appointed unto wrath, which is poured out on the world during the tribulation, 1 Thessalonians 5.9. The passage following the angel announcing Satan's eviction from heaven and how the saints overcame him also confirms the fact that the church is now residing in heaven during the tribulation. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. Revelation 12:17. It was bad enough when Satan and his hordes were in the heavens and going into various places as needed to, re- to wreak havoc. But now he has come in person to Jerusalem to make a final effort to overthrow God's plan and to destroy as much of the earth and God's creation as possible. Satan knows prophecy far better than anyone on earth, and he knows that he will ultimately be defeated. Yet, in his blind rage and stupidity, he does everything possible to get revenge on God for ejecting him from heaven. In his warped thinking, he brings great persecution against the Jewish remnant remaining on earth. Now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. 
But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ, Revelation twelve thirteen to 17. And that time, times, and half a times is one year, two years, plus half a year for a total of three and a half years. We don't know just how the, rap, how the Lord plans to get all of the Jewish remnant alive at the midpoint safely to Petra, a distance of almost 120 miles from Jerusalem. According to the prophecies of Zechariah, about two-thirds of the Jews in Israel will die during the first half of the tribulation, Zechariah 13.8. The book of Zechariah is like an Old Testament mirror of the book of Revelation. If current population statistics hold, then Israel's latest population as of 1223, is almost 10 million people. That means that almost 6.5 million Jews will die in the first half of the tribulation should the rapture occur within the next few years. The wings of a great eagle could indicate that many, that many will fly on planes to Petra, or this could be some other means that we don't know yet. Satan tries to stop the exodus with a flood, but again the Lord overcomes all opposition and defeats Satan's plans. This enrages him even more, and he goes to make war against them. Petra itself is 102 square miles, and entrances to the cities are to the city entrance are very narrow, providing a safety from outside invaders. The early builders of the city constructed an elaborate cistern and waterways to bring water into the city. It is an arid or semi-arid climate that averages about 60 degrees and less than 10 inches a year of rain. Some have said that Oral Roberts once visited the city and stored multitudes of Bibles within the walls of Petra City so that the Jews would have them during the tribulation. To this day, they have not been found, but if they are, surely God has preserved his word for his people. Only he could provide food, water, and any other needs for that many people during so long a time. He was able to do that for 40 years for the Israelites traveling to Canaan, so surely it is no problem for him to do it for three and a half years. Throughout history, there has been speculation about the identity of the beast and the false prophet. Since most of the Bible centers around the Middle East, Northern Africa, and Southern Europe and Asia, it is logical to think that they both arise from this region. This would eliminate the Western Hemisphere. In Revelation 13, John is taken in his vision to a spot on the sand of the sea, Revelation 13, verse 1. Where the Bible talks of the sea, it, it is setting, it is referring to the Mediterranean, which forms the western border of Israel. John describes the rise of the beast or the Antichrist in this way. And I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his head a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. Now we're going to take a brief break, and you can find out how you can be witnesses in 177 different countries around the world. We will be right back. Mm-hmm. 
We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world. Welcome back. We were reading the scripture about the beast rising up out of the sea, and he had seven heads, ten horns, and on his head, uh, ten crowns, and on his heads, a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet was like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled after the beast." So the, so the beast, and with it the beast system, arises from the region around the Mediterranean. This would eliminate such possible candidates as Barack Obama, King Charles, and others in this area. Also, the fact that the seven heads represented by the seven world empires that impacted Israel shows that the beast arises from this region. Many of them were headquartered in Babylon, so Iraq is a potential area for the rise of the Antichrist. So is Syria, as well as Iran or the region around Greece. The beast was like a leopard, the symbol of Greece, and it had the feet of a bear, which represented Persia, which is modern-day Iran. His mouth was like that of a lion, which represented Babylon. In other words, this beast was a composite of major world empires who had had their roots in Babylon. Satan himself, who now resides in Jerusalem, gives the Antichrist full power and authority. What a terrifying time it will be with the church no longer on earth and evil unrestrained. The Bible states that one of the heads of the beast was mortally wounded, but later healed. This caused the world to marvel after the beast and to follow him. Now, many prophecy teachers have speculated that the Antichrist receives a deadly wound, often thought of as a gunshot wound to the head that is later healed. However, a man physically only has one head. The Bible says that one of the beast's heads was wounded, so it is obviously not referring to a literal head on a body. It refers to one of the empires that became non-existent. That empire is Babylon. It is not an empire today or even a regional power, but it will be revived when the beast has his initial headquarters in that region. During the last half of the tribulation, it will be very difficult to resist submitting to the Antichrist system. Food will be rationed, the judgments are getting progressively worse, and the Antichrist is seeking to destroy anyone who refuses to worship him. There is no guarantee to anyone to have safety, including those who become believers. It was granted to him to make war with the saints, to overcome them, and authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, Revelation 13, 7 and 8. The second beast is identified as the false prophet, and he also arises from the same region, but from the earth. This is most likely a nation that is a bit farther away, but still near the Mediterranean. Some have suggested that since this false prophet is a religious leader, that he may be someone like a pope who would deny the divinity of Christ and lead the world in worship of the Antichrist. This false prophet is also the one who gives power to perform, is given 
power to perform great signs and to make an image of the Antichrist that speaks and live. He enforces the acceptance of a mark on people's hands or forwards in order to buy or sell, according to Revelation 13, verses 11 to 17. In Revelation 14, we see the mercy of God even in the final days of the Antichrist rule as the Lord tries to get the gospel message to every person who is still alive on the earth. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, and saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who makes heaven, who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Revelation 14:6 and 7. A second angel follows the first with this proclamation. Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Revelation 14, verse 8. Obviously, these angels can be seen by the inhabitants of the earth. Whether they as appear as mighty supernatural angels or in human form, as some angels did in both the Old and New Testaments, we don't know. And technology will be sure to record their announcements for the entire world to see. Now, granted, the TV commentators will be mocking and explaining away the message that these angels bring, but at least the message is being heard so that the inhabitants of the earth have no excuse. It is interesting to note that the second angel said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, twice, emphasizing the word fallen. If Babylon was the code word for Rome, it would accurately describe the decline and fall of the Roman Empire and the fall specifically of revived Rome during the tribulation. The third angel gives a very stern and direct warning to the people on earth. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. Revelation 14, 9-11. Whoever takes this mark will do so voluntarily. He will choose to worship the beast, if only to be able to have food and live for just a little while longer. That person does not think ahead to realize that one way or another, his chances of survival during the tribulation are very slim. But if he is martyred for Jesus, he will at least be saved for eternity. But if he takes the mark of the beast, he will be in hell forever. It is an agonizing choice to make at the time, and few will have the strength to be martyred for Jesus. This is why it is so important to be saved now, to be assured of eternity with Christ in the event of death or the rapture. In Revelation 15, seven angels are standing with vials or bowls, having seven last plagues or judgments upon the earth. There, is, there has just been a great reaping of souls from the earth who are saved through martyrdom. They sing a song of the Lamb and of Moses, and the angels prepare to pour out the bowls full of God's wrath onto the earth. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who had worshipped his image. Revelation 16, 1 and 2. Now on top of all the other misery, those who have taken the mark 
begin to suffer physically. They are already doomed for eternity, So, but their pain now has just begun. Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became blood as of a dead man, and every living creature in the sea died, Revelation 16.3. Now there is not only a drastic reduction in the food supply, but there is now no drinkable water. This will result in multiple deaths very rapidly. Imagine the stench of rotting fish as well as water that has congealed into the blood of a dead person. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the, on the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angels of the waters saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Revelation 16, 4-7. Now when Cain slew Abel, the Lord said to Cain, The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Genesis 4:10. If blood has a voice, what does it cry out when, one, when the one in whom it flowed was murdered? What if the voices of all those murdered over the ages all began to cry out at once when all these waters on earth have turned to blood? How terrifying it would be to hear the voices of the one or ones that you have murdered crying out against you and their voices could not be silenced. This would thirst would drive many people insane with no relief to be found and more misery was to come. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl upon the sun, and the power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has the power over these plagues, and they did not repent to give him glory. Revelation 16, 8 and 9. This will be more than a sunburn. It will be dangerous to be outside due to the risk of a second or a third degree burn from the sun. If you notice these progressive ju- these progressive judgments, there are fewer and fewer people who repent. There are not that many who are able to resist the rule of the Antichrist, and so they just simply resolve, simply return to blaspheming the Lord and refusing to repent. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl upon the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pain and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds, Revelation 16, 10, and 11. As we can see, God's mercy has run out, and his judgments are in full force. Very few now are being saved during this horrible time. There is no repentance among the vast majority of people that are left on the earth. They only curse God because of what they are suffering. Now, we don't know what kind of pain they are having, whether it is a generalized pain or, or what it is, but they are having such horrible suffering that they just continue to curse God because of it. Now, the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirit like spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophets. For they are the spirits of demons, performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty, Revelation 
12 to 14. The river Euphrates is already beginning to dry up in spots so that this will occur entirely in the last days before the final great battle of Armageddon. Now notice that it says the kings of the east. Many people have speculated that this is China that is that alone could provide 200 million men for this time, but also India would be able to provide this and there are not many uh, countries in this place that have kings. So there could be some at this time. It could involve North Korea. It could involve Laos, Vietnam. So the kings of the east are going to be making their way across the river Euphrates to have this final battle of Armageddon. We're going to be discussing this in detail in the next uh, episode. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. And a loud voice came out of the temple from heaven, from the throne, and saying, It is done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as a mighty and a great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. Now the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And then every island fled away, and the mountains were not found, Revelation 16, 17 to 20. This is going to be a very terrifying time when the earthquake is the worst that has ever been seen. There are many who have uh, established underground bunkers, particularly on the islands. I know uh, Mark Zuckerberg has one in Hawaii, but it's going to be gone because the islands are going to flee away. So this is this all occurs just before that final great battle of Armageddon, and we are going to discuss this in detail in the next episode. Until then, keep looking up. We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world.